What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Big Hoppa, here at Beastie Hops on Twitter. And today on Lecture Hall, we had Steve Peralt. What's up, Steve Peralt, the motherfucking building? Uh, here on Lecture Hall, uh, he is the producer of the Section 10 podcast. It's a Boston Red Sox podcast, so naturally Harrison was all over him. Uh, but Steve's a great guy, super funny, uh, and we talked, well, we didn't talk. Harrison mostly talked to him because my internet went out for about a half hour in the middle of the interview. Uh, so you'll catch me at the beginning and at the end, and uh, Harrison and Steve talk talked the whole way through. Uh, but all of that, so we talked for a little bit, and then at the end, we talked the top five beards in sports with Steve, which was brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Gibbs. Guys, into beard stuff, gibbsgrooming.com is where you can go. You can go check out their wash buckler soap bar. You can go check out the Sharp Dressed Mane Shave Gel, which I just used up, and the Colorado Kid, or any of the other four beard oils that smell great and help your your beard grow stronger and prettier than any other beard company in the world. So that's Gibbs Grooming, Gibbs, G-I-B-S, Grooming, G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G, GibbsGrooming.com. You can go there, Hall 15, H-A-L-L-1-5, Hall 15, to get 15% off today, tomorrow, the next day, whenever you need it. So we're here, and we have Steve Peralta on. Let's do this thing. What's up and welcome back to Lecture Hall presented by Student Union Sports. My name is Harrison Sillings and I am a bona fide simp and a certified stud and you can't teach that. This right here, this is Big Pop, Big Hoppa. He's a total of five foot nine and you can't teach that. Bada boom, realist guys in the room. Steve, how you doing? What up, what up, Steve Peralta in the building? It's one fucking building. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Hey, what can I say? I used to be a DJ in my in my spare time. Yo, 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 let's check them out. <laughs> All right, didn't know that. If you guys didn't recognize that intro, that's because you don't listen to Section Ten presented by Barstool Sports. With us today, You're a big dumb idiot. If you don't listen to it. On this episode of Lecture Hall, we have the co-host of said program, Steve Peralt. Steve, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Baseball's back. Let's uh, let's get the going. Just oh, like- hey, don't get ahead of yourself. You had you had your Bo Sox had four positive tests today. Yeah, we'll be good. I think it's what 17 days. We can make it through 17 days. We'll get there. With Evaldi as our number one pitcher right now. Yeah, and he can just pitch every day. And uh, then you'll have Workman coming in in like the sixth, and then he can go through to the ninth. We're good. True. We've already seen that Evaldi can, can pitch every single day. Yeah, so I, I feel good about it. That was my my uh, theory with Erod, is that he could just start every single game, and then Evaldi would fill in when he, when he needed a, a rest. That theory sucks now. Um, but I, I, I do think that Erod's going to be okay. 
um, basing that solely off the fact that he says he feels fine and he wants to be ready for opening day. So if we can go off of that, then I think he has a chance to be there. If not by opening day, then the end of this month. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm thinking at minimum it's going to take him three weeks to come back to get it all out of the system and test negative. I'm no doctor, but that's just my guess on the whole thing. Can we? Can I play a quick game yeah, that you guys played in your last in your last episode with uh, when you got that Aaron Baines on? Uh, just like a little rapid fire. Is this guy actually a Red Sox? Is what we're gonna call this one? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, yeah. all right. So, so since you guys had four down, the sixty-man roster is probably gonna might be expanded for you guys. So here, here, here we go. We're gonna list off some names: Jeff Springs, Bo Sock or not. Oh God! Uh, yes, <laughs> correct. Okay, Enrique <laughs> Reyes. Yes. No, false. Not a real person. At least that I know. Uh, I was Austin- going to keep going. Yes, until you said one that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Austin Bryce. I have heard Austin Bryce. Okay, you have. All right, uh, this guy. Kind of a weird nickname that people like. Kind of like Scooter Jeanette uses a different kind of weird nickname. Jupe Plesek. Jupe, I have not heard that name. Yeah, he's not a real person either. He's a fake made-up person that I I did. <laughs> Wait, Jupe, yeah, I kind of want Jupe Plesek on my team though. That's I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's my he's my fake uh, NCAA fourteen road to glory guy that I made. He's of Danish descent. I have a whole thing, you know. I can. It's a whole blog series on studentunionsports.com. I, I would love <laughs> Jupe Plesek to be on my club. So he feels like a utility guy. Oh, oh, guy can do. Guy can do a lot. He's got a fat wagon that he pulls behind him. Not the <laughs> fastest guy in the world. Probably be a better catcher than anything. But it's like a Sandy Leone Jr. Yeah, I need Jupe on my club. So I got, what, three out of four there? That's not bad. I'll take that. Yeah, I can respect that. Yeah. Oh, man. So who's the second guy? The second guy was made up. Who's Enrique Reyes? Yeah. Oh, he, he's absolutely in the minor league system, even if he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's bad. definitely – I figured, like, if I, could, if I could pull a first name that was, like, like kind of on the edge, like – not like, you know, John Smith, but if I could, you know, something close, something that sounds like we probably got him with international signing money, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, got him with the pool space. From like the Carlos Beltran Academy. Yeah, and absolutely. Like 2027, we'll see Arike making his first major league start for like the Mets and Steve's just going to be like, I, I knew it. I knew he was, it wasn't the Red Sox, but I knew he was in the bigs. I could have told you. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I'll let Terrison take over from here and chime in when I feel necessary. I got a truly to nurse, so. <laughs> All right. So if you guys don't know, don't know Steve, yes, he co-hosts the Section 10 podcast with Coley Mick and Jared Carabas for Barstool Sports. It's a Red Sox podcast. It also doubles as a Phoenix Suns podcast called Suns Out, Guns Out, depending on uh, how the good old Sox are performing. Uh, Steve also formerly worked at Nesson, uh, New England Sports Network, for all of you losers who aren't Boston fans out there. And he <laughs> currently works for Bleacher Report. Steve, I got to ask you, as uh, a Red Sox fan, 
as I am. Working for Nesson has always been my dream job. Talk to me a little bit about your experience with Nesson. Was that kind of like the dream growing up watching Sox games, watching Bruins games, and now you're at Bleacher Report? What what kind of happened there, and how did that transition come about? Yeah, I think um, the the biggest reason why I got the Nesson job was the internships I was able to do at Endicott. So I was interning at WEI, uh, then Boston College briefly, even though that internship sucked. That's all on me. I, I didn't – like, I got the EEI one freshman year, and I'm like, oh, the rest of these internships are going to be money. And I just kind of coasted in sophomore year, and it was like I should have looked for this a little bit more because I ended up basically working at their, like – rec facility that and I was like I was a janitor for Boston College essentially sophomore year um so then like junior year you have it off uh went abroad to Spain that was a ton of fun then senior year it's a semester-long internship so you better you better not mess that up and I was like I got a a spot at Comcast Sportsnet um and so that gave me a ton of experience like I, I give Endicott a lot of credit for any job I've gotten since then because they put you in a position to have a ton of experience by the time you graduate. A lot of people graduate and they only maybe did one internship here. They didn't really, you know, do much and they don't position themselves in a great spot to get a a job like this. But the Neston one came about because it was like a friend of a friend type thing that knew Andy Brickley. And so uh, in classic new England form, we met at a Dunkin Donuts and, and just kind of, you know, shot the shit for like an hour. And we were just talking sports for, you know, Bruins came up. I'm not as much of a sticky puck guy, but the Bruins definitely came up briefly. But I think he realized, okay, this, this kid knows his stuff. And he then forwarded me to uh, Brian Zacello, who was the producer of the Bruins broadcast. I get the interview and I get the job as a production assistant, um, which to your point was awesome. Cause like, that's all you watch as a kid. You watch Nesson. Like I, I watched the, the morning show they had with Hazel May. And then I would, you know, go to school. School's the worst, but you find a way to get through school. And then you come home and you quote unquote, do your homework. And then you watch the Red Sox. Uh, and then I, you know, I watch the post game show and then you go to bed. It's just Nesson was on all the time. And so to get that job was a big deal to me. And it was something that um, it kind of validated my whole existence really, because I was like, this is what I've wanted my whole life, basically, at least my whole adult life or, you know, anywhere near high school on. And so I was basically writing a lot of doing a lot of like the highlights for the anchors as a production assistant, you do a little bit of everything, uh, doing highlights for the anchors, doing a lot like running back post game sound, uh, pregame, you know, VOs, you you just, you basically do everything uh, that would be on the screen. That's not like an anchor, like you're cutting highlights, you're cutting montages, you're just doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And um, sometimes I'll have you, you know, getting food for Jim Rice. I mean, it's, you do a little bit of, a little bit of everything, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I was there for two and a half years. And the tough part about being a production assistant there though, is that it's kind of, it has a ceiling. Like you can't really, there's not many levels above it that you can go. I mean, you technically go like, I think associate producer and then producer. I didn't want to be a TV producer. Like I wanted to be doing section 10 stuff. So um, once my, manager had let me know that my contract wouldn't be renewed, which I wasn't overly devastated about because it kind of felt like my time at Nesson had come to a close, like in a good way. Uh, it gave me the time to start looking for the, for things. And that's when I reached out to Jared uh, about Section 10. I didn't even know who Jared was. I had no idea um, that he ran Sox Base or was a big Red Sox guy. But I found out about the podcast through uh, Gary Streisky retweeting the show because he was the first guest on that show. And I listen and I hear the PA guy being like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the section 10 pocket. I'm like, Whoa, damn, they got the PA guy in the intro. This is a big deal. Um, so that definitely, you know, got me to 
messaging Jared. He's then, he's like, oh, perfect timing. We need a producer. It was around episode 11. And uh, yeah, ever since then, I've been doing section 10. And then I got the Bleach Report job a couple months after because one of the uh, one of the guys that was in charge of like sorting through the the applications, listening to section 10. He's like, oh, Steve Peralt wants to work here? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's hire this guy. So uh, that's allowed me to do section 10 while working at Bleach Report, which is a whole other story. But um, but yeah, that's basically the, the, the whole summary there. And imagine if that sounds a- awesome because, oh, I, I was going to say that sounds awesome because I'm really just looking to find that friend of a friend guy. So if you could get me in touch with Jared, uh, that'd be pretty <laughs> sick because I know he, he can get you in touch with actually, so it doesn't stop there. Uh, if you could, cause then Jared has to get me in touch with Scott Boris. I'm yes. looking at making a back. So, um, That'll absolutely, that's all, and it's all going to happen, and it's all going to work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Worst case scenario, I know you. I talked to Jared one time. Yeah, we'll get Hoppa playing in the Cape League next summer. (laughs) That's all you need. I'm telling you, if you're in the Cape League, that's a big deal. (laughs) But, like, imagine, like, that guy at Bleacher Report going through the applications and there just happens to be another Steve Perrault out there and he's like, oh, yeah, this guy, Section 10 hired Steve Perrault, walks in first day and he's like, you are not Steve. <laughs> yeah, that would have actually been pretty funny. But, yeah, he, he checked out um, – I think he was he was looking at what I was doing prior. He was like, oh, it has to be. The kid was at Ness and there's only so many that were doing both of those things. So I'm sure that's what his reaction was. But, yeah, Nesson was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. And um, I'm glad it happened, even though there's a handful of people there that I despise. But it was still fun. Is one of those people Garen Austin or? <laughs> no, I, at the start, that's the thing with Garen is that, and I've, I've said this publicly a lot of times, she, the thing that killed me about her is that I just thought she wasn't getting any better the longer she was doing sideline. I thought, if anything, she was getting worse. And she also took over for my boy, Gary Streisky, like I mentioned. Like, that, Gary's my guy, still is. And so when I thought Nesson was treating Gary poorly, I had to ride for Gary because that's my dude. And because I wasn't at Nesson anymore. So I'm like, screw these guys. So when Garen took over, I'm like, Garen, really? This is who's doing sideline? And she's finally, I think she has gotten better. We talked about it in the interview. Why? It was the last time I was at Fenway Park. My God. Uh, it was the last series of last season. But, um, but yeah, I think that's – it started off rough with me and Garen. But um, – but yeah, I'm glad we can actually be friendly now because that it was it towards the end of 2018 we were getting access in the dugout and everything. I was like, I can't. It's awkward because Garen's in the dugout and we would just sit there and I'm like, this feels so weird. This is very strange because like we knew what the backstory was. So um, I'm glad that we're fine now. Yeah, when you guys went with the running joke that like you and Garen were a thing on Section 10, you had me so fooled. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, what a comeback story. Like, he hated her, and now look at him. It took yeah. me so long to figure out. I started to be like, is this a joke? And then sometimes, like, no, this has to be serious. And I was like, well, there's no way this is real. And it, just, it kept going back and forth in my head with it. Yeah, I think um, the tough thing there is that, like, it was fun. Like, I, it, like, we are genuinely, like, friendly and, like, and friends, and we'll text back and forth on Red Sox stuff. But um, – it was weird because, like, I remember just as recently as, like, or not as recently, but it was, like, a year ago. I remember it was our July 4th party last year before the world was ending. And my uh, a family friend came over, and he was like, oh, Steve, where's Garen? And at first, I thought he was kidding, but I think he was serious. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, and so I'm like, wait, wow, do people really think this is a thing? And 
And I started getting DMs being like, are you and Darren, like, are you guys really dating? Like, oh, big catch, dude. And I'm, I'm just like, what, what? Like, I was, I, I thought it was obvious that it was a joke, um, but we didn't really do ourselves any favors when we were like, you know, tweeting at each other on Valentine's Day and stuff. Like that definitely doesn't help. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was for content and it was great. But Garrett, like we are legitimately friendly, like that's for sure. Um, but yeah, then my boy, Rob Bradford, <laughs> pairs us together in that wei bracket and i'm like ah oh, that's not great because uh, then it really looks like it and yeah so i don't know I, I think that's i do wish it would be more obvious that that was never that we were never like dating that that wasn't a thing just because then that seems to cross into the unprofessional we both benefited from the from the bit if you will <laughs> yeah when when uh, you finally gave like the explanation before the wouldn't want to cuff you ending. And I actually, I go to school in Chicago. So I was on one of the L trains and I looked up the video where that came from. I have never laughed harder in public. I had people looking at me like I was a crazy person and it didn't look any better when I had like a girl in a cop outfit, like a Halloween <laughs> cop outfit on my phone as I'm sitting there laughing. It looked like as weird as it Dude. possibly could have looked that was one Dude. of the funnier things i've ever heard on section 10 that was insane i remember like my garen quote unquote like hate was at its peak in 2017 and i remember somebody sent me that commercial and i was like this is gold because i don't think it had been made like public i don't think people like knew about it and I was like, I gotta tweet. I can't not tweet this. Like I have, I have to tweet this. So I simply just tweeted, I think with the caption, wouldn't want to cuff you. And it just, it blew up. And Garrett, I think got super pissed because she was like, I tweeted it cause it's hilarious. Also, she looks like great. So it's, it, she shouldn't have been that upset. Like I, I, I thought, especially if those are going to be public commercials and it's on YouTube, it's not like I'm like hacking this out of someone's system and being like, here it is to the public. Um, but dude, that was hilarious because that I think was the peak. <laughs> that was the peak of like my hatred of Garen and probably her hatred of me. I think she blocked me right after that. And, uh, and then, yeah, the rest is history, but that commercial is so wouldn't want to cuff you. Like, Oh my God, it's, I'm still closing the podcast with that. So it's, it's awesome. Oh, that's so sick. And it's like all this Garen stuff comes out in 2018 when it seems like, section 10 is really starting to take off like big time. Like people are really starting to figure out what it is. Uh, so outside of the Garen stuff and obviously like winning the world series, what do you think is the highlight of your section 10 career so far? Uh, the live shows. I think that's when I realized that we really had something. Um, I realized that like what our potential could be at the end of 2017 when we started selling merch and shirts were selling out. I remember it was the Red Sox-Astros playoff series. Um, the Astros big-time cheating at that point. That mm -hmm. was 2017. And, and I remember someone sending us a picture of a kid in a Section 10 shirt going crazy on the Jumbotron, on the big screen. And I was like, whoa, like Section 10 shirt got on the big screen at Fenway. That's, that's a big deal. Like that, that means something. And I, I, I don't know why it took in, for that for me to be like, Oh, we actually have something going here. Cause like downloads were definitely picking up and we were starting to get guests at the end of that year. And um, so, yeah, I think that that's really when I realized, okay, if people are going to really buy the merch and, and uh, show how much they care about this show, like actually pay money, you know, for, 
for our merchandise, like then they obviously care. And 2018 was the perfect storm. 2018, like I'll still look back at tweets from 2018 and just like pictures and videos and be like, everything about that season was perfect. It was so like, they didn't lose. I know they lost, but like they didn't lose. Like that team was undefeated <laughs> in my eyes. And I think we were kind of undefeated as a podcast because we put out two shows a week. We had all sorts of guests. We were having player guests. We were in the dugout at Fenway. We were getting media access. Uh, the live shows during the playoffs were packed. It was an incredible atmosphere. I remember the first one we did at Cask and Flagon, the audio setup was terrible. The guys that we had setting up the mics and everything, I had no idea what they were doing. They're looking at us. It's like, dude, we hired you to do this. I'm not like the mic guy. And you could barely hear of the speakers. And I remember we have these little mics. So we figured out, all right, the best way we're going to do, because the game's going to, this is before game uh, two Red Sox-Yankees. So the, the Red Sox had just won game one the night before. Chris Sale started. Kimbrell held on. My God, he, like every game in that, series, in that series, he barely held on. And then we're heading into game two. Section 10 following has never been bigger. Uh, live show's packed, completely sold out. It's cast and flag and is just packed to the brim. And we're about to have a show where you can't even hear us. And we're in this table below. We're supposed to be on like a stage. We're in this little table down the ground. And so we start, Jared starts the intro. You can barely hear it, and everyone starts saying it. The entire bar starts saying it. And I, I still have, I have goosebumps even thinking about it because I was like, oh, my God. They know all the words to the intro. They know all the words to our ad reads. Like, at, at that point, the SeatGeek ad read, they would, everyone would know the words to that. So um, I think that's when I was like, okay, we have something on our hands here. This is legitimate. And, uh, and then, yeah, it was, you know, just the World Series run after that was incredible. The only thing I hate about 2018 was the duck boat stuff. That was it. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring <laughs> it up. I'm fine talking about it now. If it was like, if it was even last year, I probably wouldn't want to talk about it, but I'm fine talking about it now. All right. Well, before I get to the duck boats, one thing about the cask and flag and live show, we are buddies with the guys uh, over at the Legends Lingo podcast, which you've also been on their show and listening back to uh, their show with you. Um, they told you that now that you've been on the show and that you've met them at the live show, that you could not forget their names. Do you remember the three guys from the Legends Lingo podcast names? Is Al one of them? Al is one of them, yes. Al, um, then the other dude has a nickname. Uh, um, uh, Powder? Powder is another one, yep. Two for two. I've, have I met three i I remember alan powder because well first off super nice dudes but um they also met they also met up with us at at winter weekend i could be wrong the third one might not have been on at that point but yeah i think i think you actually got it you went two for two i'll have to clip this one and send it to him (laughs) (laughs) yeah no they're they're really good dudes they they actually went above and beyond because they met uh they met up with us at the last winter weekend in springfield and since Coley and I had been on their podcast at separate times, they gave us gift cards, Nike gift cards, which is like just the <laughs> nicest thing ever. They didn't have to do that. Uh, but yeah, really good dudes. That, that was fun being on their show. Is that where the, uh, the famous Nike Boston hat came from? Oh, no, this has been around <laughs> for a while. I, that's the thing. I was always looking for – I'm just a hat guy. I mean, I think mm-hmm. – I don't have to explain to you what a hat guy is, but just a hat guy is a hat guy. And I, um, I do like mixing it up, though, when I can, and I've tried to do that more often. So 2018, it was all season. It was the Jurassic Park hat. And I, I was like, all right, I got to change. I can't just have the same hat all the time. Also, if we're going to get I, – I wore, I wore the uh, – I wanted to wear a hat, like, down on the fields and when we're interviewing players because if I don't have a hat on, I feel like it's – like, the outfit's not complete. 
Um, I mean, I have, it's, I have hair. It's not like I'm bald or anything, but it's just like I want the – that's the whole look. I feel like that's the complete mm-hmm. look when I have the hat going. But we when we got media access, it was like I can't be wearing a Jurassic Park security hat in the dugout interviewing Alex Cora. And I say that to also say I forgot one day that I didn't have this hat because this is a very generic. It's a Nike Boston, and it's black. It's like this – no one's gonna have a problem with this, and they're gonna—they're fine if I'm wearing this in the field. They don't care. Um, you obviously don't want to be wearing like Red Sox stuff. Like that's yeah. not great. That's not a great look. But I go down there, and I have—I still have my Jurassic Park because I—I had stayed at a buddy's house after going to baseball tavern the night before because I just wanted to be in Fen- I wanted to be near Fenway. I was like, I can't miss the Alex Cora interview. It's gonna be that next morning, and so I forgot my Boston hat back in Hingham which was going to be a hike. And so I didn't even realize until I got to the park. I'm like, I'm wearing my Jurassic Park hat for this Cora interview in the dugout. What am I doing? But he didn't care. Cora's a cool dude. And I'm glad we got to meet because then I got that the follow from Alex Cora on the Twitter machine, which is always great because um, he doesn't really follow a lot of people. But he's a great dude. And that was that was a lot of fun. But it, it was that, – that's the last time I'm wearing a Jurassic Park hat in the dugout. I'll, I'll tell you that much. It, it's so on brand, though, like – majority no. of people know know you for wearing two hats and two hats only and it's the jurassic park hat and the nike boston hat yeah so it, it would be weird it would be weird to not have one of these on but i have mixed in a salem red Sox hat that they sent me um recently just because it's a nice summer cap but outside of that yeah i don't really want to mix it up that much yeah you, you got to stay close to the brand stay close absolutely to the brand. looks absolutely. like we have hopper back finally yeah he's been all over the map what's the deal it's that Wisconsin internet connection. Look, Steve, I don't know if you're a big internet guy or what you can do for me, but there's got to be something you can do, man. Holy Dude, crap. it cuts out for me. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's We have issues on the roundtable and, and beyond. It does cut out, so it's it's okay. It's insanity. We're just cooking. I had my career dreams laid out. My daughter was going to have food on the table for years to come, my seven-month-old, and now I've got like – no plans that or the idea that I was running by you was just so bad. God decided to smite it down in the middle of it. So <laughs> I guess, I guess we don't know. And I'm being too loud because she's, I had to switch the lanes and plug in the ethernet cord just to get enough internet to even open the laptop back up. But <laughs> the thing that kills me yeah. is that, and this is for all of us, this is between us girls. It kills me that it's 2020 and internet and myself included internet's just an ass like it just sucks dude you were preaching to the choir yeah like it's just like you think there's i pay i pay a hefty bill every month and it's like come on you know there's gotta be a little something to come out you can't just like feed me an extra line or something every so often you kidding me but you know you know it's what it is. It's what it is, you know? No. <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, but bang, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hey, what, hey, you can't, hey, you hear you there? You everywhere, and then you can't, you know? Can't That's what I'm saying. You're all over the place. You're there, and then you're here, you know? Yeah, you've been, you've been around the block. You've seen it. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Oh, you're from Stitchy You're from... Los Angeles, same thing. It's internet everywhere. You're all, you're all over the place. You're in Texas. You're in Canada. You're in Mexico. Yeah. You know? Well, y'all got the same Roman plan. Y'all always Roman. What's with always Roman on the internet? That's what I'm saying, you know? 
Uh, all right. Anyway, anyway, socks. Yeah, back back yeah. to the duck boats. Um, so if if you had the opportunity to uh, to ride the duck boats for a Super Bowl win, a Stanley Cup win, or the NBA Finals win, would that make up for not being on the 2018 duck boat, or would you still feel a little tainted there? No, I, I wouldn't want to be on any of those because I don't think I deserve to be on any of those. And, and I don't think any of us deserve to be on a Red Sox duck boat. Let me get that out of the way to start. But the tough part is that Jared, and he'll defend himself as he is known to do regardless of the situation. But Jared really, that I was, I've never been more upset than I was at him that day because when he found out that it was a, it was a deal with New Era. New Era mm-hmm. had two spots in the duck boat. And it was a deal with New Era and Barstool. Obviously, I'm a full-time employee at Bleacher Report. So the deal went on Dave's table. And he was like, oh, well, we should obviously have Jared and Coley on there. Um, And I have no problem with that. I really don't. Because it's like Dave's not going to have a full-time Bleacher Report employee get one of his spots in a deal with Barstool. So that makes perfect sense to me. But the way it all went down, I still think I could have been up there. Like, I still think if enough strings were pulled and enough, like, effort was made that I could have been up there, it was out of my control. Um, but I didn't really think Jared cared that much. And that, that, that's what killed me. Like, a lot of people have said that he did. A lot of people that have talked to him behind closed doors and not in front of me have said, no, he genuinely actually wanted to have you up there. But, um, but I think once he figured out he had a spot, that's, he was, like, I'm set. I know if I was in that position, I would not have – I would have really pushed for all three of us to be up there, even if I knew I had a spot, because that just wouldn't have felt complete if only two out of three of us were there. But um, one thing that Jared likes is having things that other people don't. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's hung that over my head for two years, even, which is a weird thing to do. Like, that's one thing that I've never understood, because it's like I've, I've spent endless hours on this podcast, more than anybody by about 5,000. So it's a weird thing to like hang over me when it's like, like what? Like I, it's, I didn't do anything to you. Like I, so I didn't really know, but that's just kind of how he's wired. He's wired to be, you know, competitive, even when it's not called for. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. I didn't like how he handled it. And, uh, and that's kind of that, but I have gotten over it. I was so upset about that for a long time. Like that, that was, and then brought, we had Brock on and Brock was like, yeah, why weren't you on a duck boat? And I was like, oh no, now we're going to go down this, <laughs> this street again. But in a weird way, it was like validation if, you know, the guy that just hit this for the cycle in the postseason was like, you should have been up there. So I can't hang my head on that at least. Yep. Uh, hopefully. Sweet. So Harrison, oh, sorry. I yeah. was going to say, cut that last part. Here's what we'll clip. We'll clip Steve Peralt done with section 10. <laughs> done? <laughs> Still upset over 28. <laughs> don't yeah don't leave any of the other stuff in there just be like wow he's he's out <laughs> <laughs> don't even post yeah. the podcast just clip that video <laughs> it's like leaked footage coming, of Steve coming over to bashing jared carabas <laughs> yeah what the hell no i see that's the thing and I, I i do strongly encourage anyone even you guys in any scenario that you would never say anything publicly that you wouldn't say to the amount of times i've said to jared on the podcast Oh, yeah. It was garbage how it went down. Like, it's very public that I hated how it went down. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. So, going back. Damn, we'll have to get a new headline. We'll have to get a new headline <laughs> yeah. circulating then. Going back to Jared and his over-competitiveness, what's, what is, what is your favorite and your least favorite part of the Rocket character? Um, my least favorite is that he gave himself that nickname. Um <laughs> 
so I, I don't, I don't love that. I think it's an excuse for him to act like a dick sometimes, but at the same time, I gotta be real. It makes sense. Like for, for what he does for the job he has, it makes sense to have like an alter ego. Also, he's a huge wrestling guy. So I think he's always wanted to like be one of those characters. So this is his way of doing that. Um, so I don't really have an issue with it. I, I don't, the stay hot rocket stuff can be excessive. Uh, it can be a lot, but I don't have an issue. I really don't. I've never really had a problem with it. It's just because he gets it. Like he acknowledges that it's like he's being like a, a dick when he's when he's the rocket. So it's like it, I have, you know, as long as he knows he's, you know, self-aware what's going on, I have no real problem with it. So he's, I mean, Jared, we've definitely butted heads. Uh, we've definitely disagreed on a lot of things. I think we're extremely different people. We only, one of our only real, you know, similarities is loving the Red Sox. But um, but he worked, the, the thing I like most about him is he works his ass off. There's not a lot of people that are willing to really put in the hours, like hours doing this stuff and giving up a lot of your social life. And he's, he's done that. So um, I definitely appreciate that and appreciate what Coley does. Coley works his ass off too. I don't think Coley gets enough credit for section 10 stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's always like, Oh, me, Jared. And, and Oh yeah, Coley's on the show. <laughs> like I, Coley deserves more credit than that. Coley is insanely accountable. He's always there when we're recording. He doesn't talk as much, but that's just kind of his thing. So. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be listening and you and Jared will be going back and forth and then all of a sudden you'll be like, what do you think, Coley? I'll just hear him go, yup. And I'll be like, he was on the show. Like, since I know. when is Coley He's just here? chilling. Obviously, mixtape is his thing. Like, him and Tyler do a great job of mixtape. And Coley, I think, it just enjoys his timing with us is really good. He understands that Jared and I have been doing this for five years now. And that we're going to kind of be, you know, the one and two, respectfully. And um, I think that's why Feidelberg, it never really worked on the show. Because he wasn't willing to be, like, the number three behind us two. So, and I get that. I get it. He's on KFC radio. It's a big show. And I, I think he, when he came on the section 10, he's like, Oh, Steve has like way more of a part on this than I like. I think he thought I was really just the producer. It's like, I'm way more a host now that I am a producer. Like if anything, like Bryn would be more on the producer side. Um, so I think once he realized that he was like, oh, okay, like this is, this is their show. And I don't, I don't really want to step on their toes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Coley. Coley, you and Coley both are probably two of the most underrated sports media figures. Like everyone, like you see, if you look at Coley's Twitter, it's nothing but mixtape. Like people just don't even know he's on section 10. And then like with you, I feel like almost nobody knows that you work a full sports media job other than section 10. Like Dude, the, the amount of time, that's the thing. Like I don't, I don't ever have, really an hour of the day that I'm not working on something for BR or Barstool. Um, but it's, it's how you kind of have to exist in this industry though. Like if, if you're not doing stuff nonstop, then you're just going to sink. Like there's no, there's no one I know that's successful in the sports industry that isn't like working their ass off and about to pass out by the end of the day. Like it's just kind of how it goes, but it always is funny though. when I, I'll get comments. Cause like I lead a lot of our AMA stuff or bleach report now. And it's fun. Cause I get to interview all sorts of players, Dwayne Wade, um like nfl guys george kittle like you, you go across the board and it's it's i love doing that and it, it widens my horizons in terms of um you know who um i would say you know better skilled at interviewing instead of just a bunch of baseball guys and there are people that'll message me being like wait i don't even you work at bleacher Report? what i just i just thought you were a barstool and it's like you can't really just be a barstool if you're just doing like uh, specific team podcast like people mm -hmm. that work full-time there that are really just focused on podcasts it's pretty slim it's like big cat pft 
Call Her Daddy with Alex, who I think is crazy, but she is so good at building that brand. Um, it's Apparently the she's list done it is small. Sm- it's insane. I, I really think that she's basically done that all by herself because Sophia kind of was whatever. But yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, but um, but no, the list is short. So I guess my my point, long story long, is that um, you have to do a ton to be able to kind of stay afloat. And I'm always kind of ready for the next thing too. I'm always trying to add on and and see what what Bleacher Report will let me do because I'll give them credit. They like during the 2018 postseason run they would let me take time off to do the section 10 live shows and to have, you know, this day off so I could go to the world series. They didn't have to do that. That, that doesn't benefit them at all. Um, but you know, they, they understand how much I, I work my ass off for them. So that's kind of a, a give and take. So since Sweet. Steve Peral joined student union sports, got it. That's our next headline. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Throw another In summary. That's thing. exactly where I'm, where I'm getting. <laughs> yes <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> so you're doing interviews left and right whether it's for bleacher report or section 10 is there a time where you've ever been just like absolutely starstruck by the person you're talking to um the only time right it's now. been close close yeah, yeah exactly right i mean this is the only time uh, <laughs> the, the only time <laughs> it's been close to that would be pedro Mm. uh pedro martinez it was funny because the first time we did it jared obviously likes taking the lead in these interviews and i'm okay with it because he's really good at it um i've tried to balance it out as much as we can over the years and it's it's i think it's we have like a sweet spot now it takes time but like if you're interviewing you know a player or anything with multiple people is not supposed to be smooth you have to get good at that but pedro martinez we had him we had him on skype it was so weird because his, his like basically his agent reached out to us because he was promoting the charity event he has at Fenway every year. Like the Pedro, I'm blanking on it, but it's like the Dying 45 or, or whatever it is. So he he was on with us like with late notice uh, on like a Thursday night. And it was me, Jared, and Pete Blackburn when little, little Peter used to be on the show. And so small, little guy. And, uh, and so Jared leads a lot of the interview. I'm just sitting there like, this is insane that Pedro's like on the line right now. Like I could just yell out like Pedro and he'd be like, Hey, that's, that's nuts to me. Like that was, that was my idol growing up him and Nomar. And so we get towards the end of the interview. I ask him about his experience at Cooperstown because I had just gone there with my buddy a little bit before that, or the year, the summer before that in 2015, he had this great answer about how much it meant for him to be there, how much he wanted his dad to be there, how much it meant for the Dominican Republic. And then Pete had one question. Pete had, I'm transitioning from the Star Trek thing, but it's worth it. Pete, Pete got one question because he was just kind of chilling and he was like, oh, I got to ask this. Of all questions to ask, Pete asked Pedro Martinez, who's sitting next to his wife. Um, Pedro, there, used, there was a, a quote in Sports Illustrated for Kids when you got interviewed that you wanted to have sex with Sandra Bullock. Do you remember that quote? And Pedro goes, <laughs> and Pedro, Pedro goes, oh, my friend, no, no, my friend, no, that's, it was, that was not, I know that was, that's not right. Like he got a little flustered and I was like, the second Pete asked it, Jared and I, I wish we had the footage. I don't know if it's anywhere, but we just immediately sunk like Pete, this interview has been going so well. And you're asking him about this quote in Sports Illustrated for kids that he wanted to bang Sandra Bullock. Why he's, right even... next, he's right next to his wife. Like what, why would that click is the thing to ask? And it got so awkward. And then we're like, all right, we'll see you. We'll see you. And I was like, the second he, I'm like, Pete, <laughs> why, 
why did you do that? I still can't believe he did that. He still defends it because he's a little weasel, but like that was the most <laughs> awkward thing I've ever experienced in an interview. I got two takeaways from that. One, why was Sports Illustrated for kids writing about Pedro wanting to bang Sandra Bullock? I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> I need I need to get I think it's on the it's on the internet. It's on the interweb somewhere, but I think it was they cuz and I used to love SI for kids. That was my thing. And I remember what they would have a new athlete, normally a star, get their own page of like mm-hmm. kids most asked questions like what's your favorite color what's your favorite food who's like your i think you're trying to clap little... cheeks <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's, imagine said that <laughs> which celebrity do you want to be with in the band <laughs> no but it was yeah i think it was like they got the edgiest si for kids got i think was celebrity crush i think that was the edgiest that they would get and i think he said like i wanted to f Sandra Bullock like, I think that's the quote he gave them and then the guy was like Pedro this is Sports Illustrated for kids and so I think he then replied oh sorry I want to bang Sandra Bullock <laughs> it's like Pedro Pedro we still can't use that in SI for kids. Um, but anyway so like I think so but Pete's and Pete is too caught up on the fact that no trust me he said it like there's art Pete this is not about whether Pedro said it or not you just can't be asking that question. First off, like you shouldn't be asking it. Secondly, when his wife is sitting right next to him, like yeah. he's on speakerphone, like Pete. Long story short, that's why Pete Blackboard, Blackburn is no longer on Section Ten. I know, dude. It was so like Pete was the tricky thing. There is that I joined in episode eleven. Jared and, and Pete started the show first ten episodes. Gary was the guest in episode ten. That's how I find out about the show. I take over as just the producer. Over time, I think Jared realized, oh, okay, Steve knows what he's talking about with the Red Sox. Um, I think Pete realized that Jared and I had pretty solid chemistry on air. And he re- and Pete also just – he'd show up to some of the shows and be like, guys, I gotta, I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch any of the games this week. So, Pete, you got to watch the games, my man. If, if we're going to be doing a Red Sox podcast, you're going to have to watch the Red Sox. And, and he would kind of joke about it because he's obviously a hockey guy. And as time went on, it, it really became like Jared, me, and then Pete as like a third. And – um then we went to new york city it was tough because we're skyping him in you know it just gets choppy and i think he realized we kind of had a, a call and and he was like i'm i'm bidding my uh my way out he, he kind of knew it was time once bar still had an office in new york and we were just doing the show from there i've got one more baseball question before i want to transition into sneakers so yeah as i said i go to college in chicago i'm from michigan and I'm a diehard Sox fan. Never been able to go to Fenway. I wanted that trip this summer. The world's ending. It's not happening. I need you to pretty much plan my first trip to Fenway. What do I have to do game day? Like, what's my game day experience pregame, in-game, post-game? Like, what is, like, my ideal trip to Fenway going to be? Like to say it's like what's a, the ratio? What's the ratio of Coors Lights to Dark and Stormies? If you want to throw that in there, you can. That is so how old? How old are you guys? Twenty-one. I'm okay. Twenty-one with a seven-month-old child, so I'm technically like twenty-four. Okay, <laughs> maybe even twenty-five. So yeah. all right, twenty-one. Because I was gonna, I'm not gonna recommend bars, you know, to get you in underage. But all right, twenty-one makes sense. So you would want to see. Here's the thing, and this is tough. This is tough because baseball tavern was our lives like that's where we spent most of our 20s (laughs) like I'm hanging on to my 20s now but like that's where we were for a while 
and then they they and baseball tavern came to a close last year because i would have recommended baseball tavern before the game baseball tavern after the game if the Sox are getting crushed baseball tavern during the game like that would have been my recommendation but now that baseball tavern is gone um they are building a new one so i mean with the pandemic that might not be ready till like late 2022 but um i would say cask and flagon is a good pregame uh and it's 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 even pandemic approved because you can just eat outside and drink outside. Uh, you would then want to check out bleacher bar because especially during batting practice, cause you can see in uh, to the field. And so drinking at a bar while watching the Sox take BP is a great combo. That's kind of hard to top. Um, it's a little different than that at Fenway. Cause then it's, it's, you know, the bar atmosphere. Then you go to the game and then afterwards I would honestly recommend um, staying on Lansdowne, there's I'm blanking. Uh, Cheeky Monkey is the bar. It's a newer one and it's awesome. It is. It's got like ping pong, pool, bunch of games. It's just a huge setup. They must be pissed right now because their business last year was great and they make a ton of money off of Red Sox pre and post game. And now they're like, they, obviously they're close. Like they're not. They they can't have anybody because they don't have any like outdoor setup where you can drink. So I'd recommend those three. At Fenway Park, specifically for the game, uh, if you're not trying to spend a bajillion dollars, try to do the grandstands between 26 and 30. They're kind of closer to the left field side, um, kind of close to the monster over there. You don't want to be 31, 32, because that's the non-alcohol section. Um, but yeah, those are, I think, price-wise, and then being closest to the field, like whatever that ratio is, that's the best buy you're going to get in that corner over there. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think that would kind of set you up for a for a good weekend. I would highly recommend making a weekend out of it and going to a couple of games. Yeah, just so like you don't a, you know have one night that sucks and it's like drizzling and you know you want to you want to get a good game out of it. Oh yeah, I'm not taking a, a one day to to Boston to catch a Friday night game and fly back early <laughs> Saturday right morning. After, right after the last note, we're getting out of here. We're the next flight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then obviously <laughs> extra innings hopefully doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, and then. Obviously, it's a Friday game. You gotta uh, go to Gate D afterwards. I'm may may have never uh, experienced a Fenway Friday, but I, I know the routine there. Always Gate D post game, and then hopefully by the time I get there, baseball taverns back. I know, dude. I, I missed the Gate D uh, exchanges with Section Ten listeners. That was a lot of fun. I just thinking about that the other day, honestly, in terms of like I don't know when I'm going to feel comfortable doing that again. <laughs> like it's it's going to be a while. Obviously, not this year. Like I'm I'm definitely going to try to be around Fenway uh, for some of the games if this season doesn't in fact happen. Um, like that that kind of negates the being outside part. So I don't know. We'll see. But I, it's going to be hard for me to not be at Fenway or at least around the park for some of the games. I feel that like when I go back to school in August, it's, I'm going to have a hard time not like, especially for those end end of the season Sox Cubs matchups that are probably having serious playoff implications with those two teams, like sitting around outside uh, guaranteed rate or sitting out around Wrigleyville. There's so much to do around Wrigleyville. Yeah. Wrigley too. I love, I'm so upset that we're missing the Red Sox cup series. I that, know. That's the thing with like, we were going to do so much stuff for section 10 this year. We're going to have at least six live shows. We're going to do a couple on the road. I think we're going to do one in Chicago, Baltimore, New York. Um, so like that, I'm so upset about that. We were a week away from going down to spring training to do a bunch of content and do a bunch of stuff down there at, before this all happened. 
And um, I mean, obviously it's given us time to plan for stuff in the future, but there's only so much you can plan for when this keeps getting worse. <laughs> so I was, I was to be about like, a month away from, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you got it. Oh, I was, I was going to say, I was about a month away from booking a trip to Boston for a brew crew, uh, brew crew series out there um, because I love cheers. So that's also on the list, but anyway, Dude, yeah, I regress that, from there. Uh, that's a tough one too with Brock Holt's return to Fenway. That would have been a ton of fun. He probably would have you know, done some stuff with us. So um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just upset. In summary, I hate yeah. pandemics. I really wish you wouldn't have told me there was a potential Chicago live show. When you guys were in Chicago last spring, I was I was at the game that uh, was it was it Nikki Delmonico walked us off. I was at that game by myself. I skipped the second half of my uh, accounting class to go to that game for like six Classic. bucks. Classic that home run, badass. that ball actually landed like seven feet to my left. So he hit it right at me. Like Jackie going up to try and rob it was right in my face. I, I cried. And it was raining and cold. And then uh, I was at I was at the Ice Horse game when mm, that was awesome. The, yeah, the, the big the big win there. And then I was at the one the only thing I remember about this game is that you were there by yourself. It was I think it was the day before the Ice Horse game, before Jared got into town. Yeah, was I was there. I was there with my boy, Mike, um, because Mike, who loves to have alcohol, let me tell you, he, en he enjoys him some alcohol. He got there before I got to Chicago. Uh, I didn't know if I was get if I was going to land in time to get over to Guaranteed Rate Field. What a, what a the terrible. The locals call it the G-spot. Any Sox fan will call it the G-spot. <laughs> my God. Any, I, I was just other Sox fan. Um, but yeah, no, the... My boy Mike got there early that day and it was rare that weekend because the Cubs and White Sox were playing at home at the same time. That doesn't really happen that often. And so he was at the Cubs game in the afternoon, met me at the White Sox game that night. We had filthy seats. We were like right on the field for whatever, like 20 bucks. That's the great part about that team being trash. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I think that was the most fun I had had uh, until the following night. <laughs> in terms of like most fun I'd had on like a socks road trip uh and then the next night I, I bring my the ice horse mask I snuck it in as if I thought they were gonna like stop my boy was like dude you're fine <laughs> like it's not it's not you're not smuggling a gun into the park so like I I had the mask on Eckersley's like oh the ice horse I guess they call him the ice horse my boy Steve who's the camera guy for Ness and kept putting us on and, and Eckersley just kept mentioning the ice horse thing i was like this is hilarious that this nickname we came up with when we were all exhausted at like 2 15 in the morning recording a podcast uh you know now has dennis eckersley pointing it out on the broadcast so that, that was that was pretty good yeah that i oh, do oh sorry yeah that game i was like i was scouring twitter trying to get like a picture of like where where you guys were sitting because i wanted to meet you guys and i was like i kept i tweeted at you and Jared both probably like 10 times each. And then I was like, all right, this is obsessive. I got to delete some I'm of these. I'm pissed I didn't see that. I'm I was pissed like, I didn't see I was that. Like, where are these guys? I need to go meet them. And, I'm and, pissed and I didn't, didn't see that. That must have blended in with all the friggin' like that. Dude, that night was hilarious because I couldn't keep up. And I don't even want to sound like, oh, I couldn't even keep up with the notifications. But I like, I couldn't because everyone was sending in, yo, Eckersley's talk about the ISO <laughs> Like, this is insane. And the second that came in, I was like, oh, we got to go off because I knew my boy Steve was going to have the camera on us. Um, and we could have got way better seats. That's the thing that would drive me nuts with SeatGeek is that 
we should have had a way better relationship with them. Like we would pay for seats most of the time. Like most, like they should have been getting us tickets and not to sound like big shots or anything, but like they should have, that would have been a way cooler like deal if we could have been like, and SeatGeek hooked us up with yada, yada. They'd hook us up with fucking $10 seats. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not hooking someone up. So I wasn't pumped about that, but um, it's tough because the, I, the connection I had with that company or the connect I had at that company left because he would give us tickets all the time. The ultimate that confusing was great. process. Yeah. So that was a confusing process where it's just like, we should have had a better relationship with those guys. But <laughs> what are you um, doing to my daughter? That's what I was going to say. Uh, whoever Sorry, was doing I, that I, didn't, I forgot I was, I forgot I was, <laughs> I was not <laughs> muted there. That was total that's hilarious. I thought I, that's, I, thought that's I clicked the button. <laughs> that, is, that is quite an out of context line right there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you gotta cut that probably. The powers of editing. Oh my sweat! Oh boy, yeah. that's not. Whichever Sox fan over here is in charge of the editing probably won't uh, actually cut that. Um, <laughs> probably not. It's probably staying in. Yeah. So, uh, you and I have another thing in common other than being Sox fans is also being huge sneaker heads. Yes. And the Nike Blazer is my all-time favorite silhouette. So how did the Section 10 Blazers come about, and how do I get a pair? Oh, telling you, Section 10 Blazers. I think only three people have them, me, Bobby Dahlbeck, and the kid that won the contest when I started the Instagram page, uh, Colby in San Diego. Really dedicated. Uh, oh, what's up? Okay. <laughs> um, he so, says, what's up? Yeah, same. Uh, so I <laughs> – <laughs> she said sup back so don't go all nice. dana b i'm like i'm my girl yeah i'm just saying watch out but no i um <laughs> i saw on nike id um i don't have to explain nike id to you but no. like when no. on that site i was like all right i want to make uh custom section 10 kicks like i really want to make section 10 shoes i've gotten a bunch of nikes I, i'm really a nike guy i don't really have many other shoes that aren't nike they got me at a young age and i've been a nike guy ever since <laughs> Um, and so I didn't want to, uh, get any other shoe other than a Nike section 10. So I saw the blazers and I just love, like, I wear jeans all the time just cause it's for the look. Like, I don't know what New York city did to me, but I wear like the tight jeans now and my mom doesn't like it, but it's something that I just think fits the look. And I've gotten some people that like it and that's all I need. As long as you have some people that validate your stuff and it's like, okay, that's fine. It works. Um, but I, I say that to say, the reason I wear jeans that are tighter is because the sneaker culture at Bleacher Report is next level. Like from 2016 on, the amount of sneakers I've purchased, it's embarrassing how many I've, I've got in New York City. And if you have tighter pants or at least mm -hmm. jeans at the ankle, it highlights the shoe. The shoe becomes a more focal point of your outfit. And so that's what I wanted to do. And that blazer is perfect with like a tight around the ankle kind of uh, pair of jeans. And it's just, I just love everything about it. It's got that classic vibe. And so when I saw that they were on Nike ID, I was like, Oh, I got to make those into section 10 shoes. And so I start, I, you know, I start customizing them and I'm like, this is, these are already my favorite shoes of all time. It takes a little while for them to ship to you. So that mm -hmm. kind of sucks. But after that, um, you know, you're in a position where they show up, and I, that was one of my favorite days ever. I, you know the feeling. You unbox mm -hmm. and it's just like, yes. I, I took it out. It was like the greatest moment of all time. And they, because they lived up to what the projection looked like on the site. You never know with the custom kicks mm -hmm. if it's going to come out looking like crap. And th these actually were, were pretty solid. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm a huge fan of them. It's probably, if you customize them, I think it comes out to $115. So like compared to other kicks I get, that's not crazy. Like it, I think, it, I personally think it's worth worth it for a custom pair of kicks. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to push those more. It's tough because like I, I launched the the Instagram, got up to a thousand followers. I'm going to try to keep growing that. Um, but it's tough when you uh, ballpark kicks and you mm-hmm. can't be at a ballpark. So that's a little tricky. Yeah, that makes it tough. Uh, Speaking of affirmation, can I get a little yes or no on the bandana? We got a, I got a bandana from our sponsor Gibbs. Hard yes. Hard yes. Got it. Dear, that was a hard yes from Steve. All right, sick. Yep. Thanks. All right, hard so yes. Certain people can pull it off. Certain can't. You can't. Right. And then uh, last, right. <laughs> last thing before we uh, move on to our sponsored segment um what are the top three sneakers in your collection and then what are your top three sneakers that you don't own oh sorry you just cut out you just cut out okay. run it back run it back all right so uh <laughs> what are the top three sneakers in your collection and the top three sneakers that you don't currently own but you want to own like your top three grails yeah for sure um top three sneakers the uh let's see the black cement threes the jordan threes uh, that just an all-timer. I remember I wanted those when I was a kid and it's just way too expensive. And um, the second I got any kind of money, I was like, we're getting those. Uh, so that was the first ones. Um, let me see. I got to have a Jordan 1 on there. I wear Jordan 1s more than anything. The Flyknit Jordan 1s mm. are my favorite because sometimes my issue with Jordan 1s is they can be a little too stiff, especially around the ankle. The second they came out with the fly knits, that's all I wore in 2018. Like anytime I was at Fenway, I had the red fly knit Jordan ones. Um, so those would be second and third. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. The and these are all going to be Nike, obviously, because I'm a Nike mm-hmm. guy. Um, the third are the Huarachi 04 shoes. Um, I remember Kobe had a design. I don't have the Kobe ones, but I have the the navy blue. And it's just, I just love the design. I got them when I was a kid. And then I got them when they re-released a couple of years ago. And it has this like, Huarachi is such an interesting brand because if you get the basketball ones, it has this like little like nets on the side almost, or like a screen yeah. on the side. Can't even describe, like when I got the shoe, I was like, I love this thing so much. And I can't even tell you why. It's just like, it, it fits my sneaker needs in terms of design. I just love everything about the design that they did on it. So that would be in the top three um top three that i want the number one pair of shoes that i would do anything for and i'm serious basically anything for is the yeezy nikes like the i think the not the red octobers but um the black ones that have like the pink on the inside and like the alligator ridges on the back are those called, um, like the solars or something like that? Yeah, I think they're like the Air Yeezy twos. I think that's the easiest way to describe them. The Yeezy. Yeah, I know what you're. Ta- I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, kicks. Um, yeah. But no, I those are like all time. And so I, there are times in New York, New York City sneaker culture is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I probably bought. I was there for. I'm saying it in past tense because I'm trying to maybe live in Boston now. Uh, all with all this shit going on, but I was there for like four plus years, and I must have got at least like a pair of kicks every month since I've been, it's just, it's, it's obsessive. It becomes this addiction, especially when you're trying to top everybody at work that has the new pair of kicks. You're trying to have the fresher kicks from the guy next to you. And that got really bad. There were a couple of people that moved on from Bleacher Report. Um, 
that were really obsessive and almost drove the entire group to, to get through stuff. So it made it a little less concerning for me to have to have new kicks all the time. But the Air Yeezy 2s are, are up there. Um, the Jordan uh, 11s, the playoff 11s, like the the bread the bread kicks, yeah. I, I love those. Those are incredible. I just want those to have – I'm, I'm not really I, – I have the uh, 7210 Jordans, um, but they're not – certain shoes, and you know, they just don't fit you right. They just don't look right. I wear them, and I'm like, Who, this don't – I don't look right. It's just not – like the fly knits fit me perfectly because it's like a more comfortable shoe. Uh, so I'd be second. And then third, I don't know. I always get the shoes that I want. Like if I really need them, then I get them. So I don't know if there's like another one that really jumps out. Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't even – I don't say it like that. I more say like – I waste so much. I waste too much money on the shoes that I I need, and I put that in quotes because I don't need these. Like it's it'll the amount of times I've like drained my bank account to get a pair of shoes. It's such a weird addiction that we have for sneakers. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the third one would be on there. Um, oh, the I'll I'll just throw a, a recent one in there. The the chunky donkeys, uh, the Ben and Jerry's Nikes. I, those I didn't know that they were going to get that reaction. When, that, when I saw the pitch the first time, I was like, oh, nice. I can get these for 100 bucks." And, you know, you go on the sneakers app, and I was like, I'll be there 10 a.m. And then, in per there. usual, per usual, what a dump app that is. My God, yeah. does anyone ever get the popular sneakers okay. on the sneakers app? Here's my rant on the sneakers app. So I, okay. I got into this. I'm a, about to be a senior, so I got into this like halfway through my sophomore year of college because my roommate at the time, he's a freshman, huge sneaker head. He runs all the bots. He gets everything, huge reseller. So he got me into it because I was broke. And I was like, oh, this is like easy money. I, you just pay for these shoes. You sell them for double. And so I have yet to win anything on sneakers. My, uh, I golf in college. My freshman, I had four, four, not a brag. I suck. I have four, <laughs> four freshmen four or five, something like that, four or five freshmen last year. They all download the app. Every single one of them hit on something within like their first month of being on the app. And I've still yet to win anything. And the one, the one he hit on like the Supreme, what was it like Supreme, like blazers or something like that. Anything Supreme, I'm big time out. Then he hit on, it was another Chicago, it was like a Chicago exclusive. Like uh, if you were in the area, you could like get on like a sneakers pass, they call it. Yeah, got- I saw that. I like when they do that, even though it feels like it would be a loss every time. He hit the the off-white MCAs, the blue ones, like the all yeah. blue ones. He hit those. And then he hit the Travis Scott sixes the next week. And he made like an easy, like two and a half grand. It's ridiculous. Well, I, I just don't, I never know anyone, that, dude, I never know anyone that wins on there. And it's like, thing that killed me is I especially in quarantine I don't get up early at all like I've kind of scheduled my life so that I can get up at 11 every day and be good um so like getting up at 9 30 was a big deal but I did it for those space hippie kicks because I love those I was like oh these are like a cool design and I want to have them I feel like it's a nice little flare but it's not too much because it's gray base but then you know you, you have the the design going around it that's a little a little crazy but um and they have four different pairs four different designs and i struck out on all of them i'm like how is this happening like i i I submitted literally 30 seconds into like it's just it drives me nuts just make more and i understand the supply and demand thing but 
you don't want your customer and you don't Twitter's reaction to the sneakers app. Like I've never seen people more upset at anything ever. And you've got to, you got to at least let us feel like we can give people some wins. So they'll keep coming back. I have no incentive to go back now because it never works. Yeah. Luckily for you, there is another uh, space to be drop coming. It's basically the same colorway, except the orange. It's like a green. I don't, I don't like it though. I saw green. My, my boy sent those over. I was like, I want the orange. <laughs> and yeah, I, I feel like, you know, that where it's like, you just know the ones you want. And I just don't want the green ones. Yeah. I wanted, uh, I think they were called, they were the O1s cause they had like the O1, O2, or three, O4. I wanted the yeah. O1s and I uh, couldn't get them. And I looked at resale last night and they were 600 and I was like, Oh yep. Never getting those. Yeah. I looked at the O2s, they're like 380. I considered it, but I'm like, I can't be doing that. You got 380's got to be like a, I need these mm-hmm. kind of shoes. Like what the most I've ever spent was 600, and I don't regret it. It was the the black cement uh, threes, like the 2011 release. I got them a couple of years ago, and I I love those. I'm gonna wear those shoes probably the rest of my life. So like anytime you can say that, then it's like okay, I guess I can kind of justify a ridiculous price. Yeah, I get it. I, uh, I, I uh, as a shoe person, uh, will wear down my shoes. I only have one pair of dress shoes that I work, I wear to work every day. They're the same black pair, and I was super thrilled when I went to Kohl's like a year ago and got them on like fifteen percent sale, and they were also the same exact kind. <laughs> so all of this is way over my head. <laughs> Holy crap! You're yeah, like, like what is like, this nonsense? The space O 2s Yeah, you're like you're like talking cement. I'm like, yeah, you're walking on them. You know, like yeah, you should be walking Wax on cement. cement. When, when you get stuck in the cement? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What sidewalk is that on? Is that on the corner of never ever gonna buy? <laughs> yeah, never ever gonna buy and maybe purchasing. That's it's on the corner. Of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've come I've come across a few pairs of shoes on that cross section. It's, it's a phenomenal one. The thing is, like, I've gotten way better since I've been here in, like, the Boston area. I've gotten way better at, like, not buying shoes. I, I'm, there's something about being in New York City, pandemic or not, where you just need – if you're walking outside, if I'm going to the CVS down the street from our apartment, I need nice kicks. Like, I, I need – because I live in Harlem. It's kind of right on the edge of, like, Upper West Side of Manhattan and Harlem. And – if you don't have, if you don't, if you're not flexing with your kicks, like you're useless there. Like you, you just don't, you don't belong. <laughs> so it's, it's a big deal. And I wish it wasn't, but it is. Oh, I definitely get that being in, in Chicago. I had a guy mistake my plane, like white and black blazers for the pair of off whites. And he was, I heard him like telling his girlfriend, like, Oh, he's got the off white blazers on. And I was like, I, I was thinking I don't, but now I have to walk like I do. So I was like trying to strut and like show off my shoes for the guy and he was going nuts for it. Like he's got a bike kick stand just hanging right out in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think I, I, froze, I froze there briefly. I don't know if you can hear me now, but like it's. I made a big dick joke is pretty much the, the gist. Oh, okay, perfect. That, that works out well. Um, but yeah, that's. It's, isn't that so weird though? Like it's so, I, I catch myself looking at guy's shoes. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> this dude will walk by and he'll have, he'll have like the Jordan breads and I'm just like, I, I, you give him, and I, I've done this too many times. I catch myself doing it. You give like the head nod, like the, oh, oh yeah. 
nice kick. And I'm just like, what? why am I, I'm giving some dude a head. It looks like I'm like hitting on him. Like, it's like, why am yeah, I like, <laughs> Hey dude, my eyes are up here. <laughs> I know. It's like, stop looking at my feet, man. Um, so it's just, it's weird. I feel weird complimenting another male about their shoes. <laughs> Hey, man, it's 2020. You got to just be comfortable, you know? <laughs> no, I know. And I'm comfortable with everything, but it's just like, nice kicks, man. <laughs> I don't know why that just doesn't sit well. <laughs> it's weird. Oh, oh shoot. But oh, sneaker shoot. culture's oh, a big shoot. deal. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you edited it. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> sneaker culture is a, a big deal, and I miss the ballpark kick stuff. I, I'm trying to do as much as I can, going to a lot of Cape League baseball parks and, um, you know, trying to show off some kicks that way. But, like, I was – we were going to go to at least like seven or eight road parks this year. And that's obviously out of the equation. Yeah, I've been like, I've had like a ballpark kicks, like picture. I haven't taken it yet. Cause I haven't got to do it to a stadium. Cause the last few games I've went to, it's been rainy. So I can't wear them, but I've got the Forrest Gump Nike Cortez, which is another all time classic. And, oh, it, and it goes perfectly with any like combo of like socks, clothes or the Cubs being in Chicago. And it's like, I can't not, wear these to a Sox or a Cubs game, but every time I go, it's raining. I'm like, I can't wear those to that. One of these days, I'm going to get on ballpark kicks with the Nike Cortez, but. Oh, absolutely. It's tough though. Like that, if you're a real ballpark kicks person, which it seems like you are, the forecast is a big part of the equation. Like I've, I've made the mistake sometimes where I'm like, oh, I got to flex on people with these tonight. And then it starts drizzling. And then I just have to like stand under the like overhang the rest of the game because I don't want to mess them up. And, like, you just hope it passes, and I'm just chilling at Fenway trying to milk the, you know, relationships I have with some of the people that work there. I'm like, dude, I can't go to my car right now. Like, I, I can't ruin these. Like, you got to let me stay for another, like, half hour. Yeah, the weather the weather definitely determines whether you're rocking the bread ones to Fenway or if you're wearing, like, the beat white and black Pegasus. Yeah, it's it's a huge difference. And I, I want to give a major shout-out to the shoes – uh, that you wear when you know it's going to rain. Like those shoes have been through a lot. Typically they're the ones that when you got them, you were like, all right, these are my like long-term, like Nike Grip is a specific shoe that I love. It's a like super versatile shoe, very comfortable, like almost like a foam posit type bottom. Um, but it fits like a sock. Like it's so comfortable and you can wear it. I've worn those in rain. I've worn those golfing. I've worn them all over the place in snow and they just, they dominate nonstop. So I would highly recommend uh, getting a, p- a pair of those. It almost it almost make too much sense to take a moment of silence for those fallen soldiers, but uh, just give them a quick tip tip of the cap and uh, move on. We we've had Good we've job. taken up a lot of your time tonight. Uh, if you want to stay on with us as we move on to our sponsored segment, you're more than welcome, welcome to. But if uh, you're if you're pinched for time, definitely get that and appreciate the time you've given us to just talk to you tonight and. I guess help promote us a little bit and help tell maybe some stories that you haven't told on section 10 before, or like just any other stuff about you that most section 10 fans wouldn't know. Definitely appreciate the time you've given us. Yeah. Sponsor segment. Let's do it. I'm here. All for right. It. I'm here for it. Oh, let's go. Oh, we're, we're talking top five beards in sports history. Oh, geez. History folks. And why I'm going to take over here. Cause I, Oh my you God. Need Steve, to talk. You need yeah, you do. You need to listen to this, my guy. All right, all right. So we're talking top five beards of all time, and we're talking beards because we're well. I'm clean shaven, so I can't say that right now. But I'm we're, I'm coming back out. Harrison's beard guy. More Steve's importantly, a mustache guy. 
I'm he's a mustache, mustache guy. guy. Yeah, I love that. It's a great look. And we've got someone More that's going to help you with that stash. Yeah, we do. We're all going to become – well, I am. Harrison is. Steve, you got to jump on the Gibbs train. That stands for guys into beard stuff, Gibbs grooming. It's your boys. I, I didn't grab anything because we had some technical difficulties, but I, I had a little video that I was going to put out. I used the wash buckler soap the other night, the soap bar. I was – I still smell great, still smelling fantastic from that. I then used the beard oil uh, – after a quick using the the sharp dressed mane uh uh shave gel was cutting like butter i even got a new razor oh my god dude it was like it was the cleanest stuff that's ever ever happened to my face felt great after and then threw on a little beard oil soften up the skin keep the hair nice been using it i've been taking pictures of the beard growth the last couple days you can't really tell with the lighting but uh you know we're only we're only not even a week not even a weekend, and we got some serious stubble. We got to clean it back up. Um, but using the beard oil, uh, Gibbs, Gibbs is great. And Harrison, I mean, you, you can tell them, you can tell the people, the fine people, tell Steve what yeah. he can do to get himself some Gibbs. Yeah, if you if you want a beard that looks as great as mine, a beard that looks as great as the guys that we're gonna talk about here. If you want a mustache that's going to look as good as Steve's after he gets some Gibbs, I need you to go to gibbsgrooming.com. Use promo code HALL15. Say it one more time, HALL15, H-A-L-L-1-5. Get 15% off your order. I mean, it's going to be the best decision you ever make. Girls, Steve, Garen might actually fall in love with you after you start using Gibbs on that mustache. I'm just throwing that out there. I highly expect it. I'm fully ready for that to be the case. I just need a little, you know, a little Gibbs. And uh, then she's like, oh, that's the finishing touch. That's what I needed. Yeah. Garen's saying, Steve, sure. give me some Gibbs. Go to gibbsgrooming.com, <laughs> promo code HALL15 for 15% off your order. Let's get into this top five. She's saying, give me the Gibbs stuff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Top five. Sports beards of all time. Uh, sorry, I just took that from your hair. So I, I'm still so – I'm just amped. I got the head – I got the bandana on wearing like a headband. I'm sweating. I'm all over the place right now. Um, but top five beards. Uh, I don't have 2020 Harrison Roosevelt University golfer on my list, unfortunately. We still got a little bit of more length to get there from you. Yep, I um, understand. But – yeah, you know, it's nothing against you personally. Uh, I think we both can agree, though, uh, in no particular order, uh, we can start with uh, James Harden. Yeah, he's – James Harden's, like, your free space on the bingo card here. Like, if you didn't have – okay, Baby Hop is on the show. If you didn't have James Harden on, on your list here, then are you really even credible? I, I wrote my uh, my list down and can confirm – I, d I didn't do mine in any order, by the way. Uh, James Harden is on here. So we can all agree James Harden has to be in the top Yes, list. James Harden is on. In I the mean, top he's five. the beard. So Literally. he has beard and a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, next, uh, I had Ryan Fitzpatrick circa 2015, arguably. I don't remember quite uh, when that one was. Uh, I pretty much just looked up sports, beards, pictures, and then – Saw the people and was like, "Oh yeah, that guy has a big. That's a nice big one you got there, guy." That's probably should be careful you say that too. Steve, look at his shoes. 
<laughs> Basically the same. Uh, next one I had was Joe Thornton. Yeah, got Joe Thornton as with well. uh, yeah, an all time all time beard, former Bruin legend, and I think he's been in the San Jose Sharks for thirty years now. Yeah, yeah I mean all time beard. I don't think he's ever shaved that beard in thirty years. Yeah, I think that started growing when he was fourteen, and he just kept it all the way through <laughs> what forty eight. Hey, we all know that one kid though that like in little league was like the catcher or first baseman who just had like a mustache that was like more grown in than your own dad's at like 12, you know? Yeah. There was always a kid that any, I never trusted the kid that had the the facial hair before everybody else. It's like, let's see the birth certificate, dude. I I, I gotta see. I don't trust him. Especially because he's never on your team either. He's always, (laughs) thanks mom. Thank you. Please get the baby in the shot even more. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely. He's never on your team, always hitting bombs off of your crap pitcher. Uh, speaking of pitcher, uh, my guy, well, we'll see how you feel about this, Steve Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. Keuchel's a good guess. I, I said Keuchel's a good guess. That's a good guess. It's a good guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Keuchel's a really good pick. He's one of the best baseball beards, uh, at least of this century. He's in the running for best all time too. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, keeping it on, on the pitcher's mound here, I've also got Brian Wilson on my list. I feel like a lot of people probably forget about Brian Wilson and all those mythical creatures and whatnot he said he had living in his beard. <laughs> Agreed. I also had Wilson down on this list. I got Wilson, too. Um, that's, that's across the board. Wilson and James Harden have made both all, all three lists. Very impressive. Yeah, very yeah, solid yeah, beards make by that those guys. Up. Uh, last, but most certainly not least, also rest in peace, uh, Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice, all time. Good one. Good one. Thank you. My, uh, my four was not Kimbo Slice. I had 04 Johnny Damon. <laughs> the good one. I like I had, that. Who was, who was the last one you had? And my last one was 2013 Mike Napoli. Yeah, there you go. Mike Napoli. I got Mike Napoli on mine as well. Um, and then closing it out, I mean, it, it wouldn't be right for me to have this list without having Johnny Gomes. Uh, mm. on the list. That's he's he's a big part of he's a Section Ten alum. He's a big part of that team, and um, you know the fact that they have the beards in the World Series ring that that means how that that shows how much that meant to them. And and Johnny Gomes is a huge reason why people grew beards on that club. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know how I missed Johnny Gomes coming up with this list. I got an honorable mention, uh, Big Red Justin Turner. I feel like he – I don't feel like he's yeah, quite played fun. enough to make it on this list, but uh, he's definitely well on his way. And Justin Turner, just so you know, you're never invited onto the show. Just so you know, I, I hate you. You suck. I'll, I'll interview him stems, solo. That stems purely from – speaking of that, uh, so that stems purely from the 2018 – uh, NLCS. Uh, shout out another decent beard uh, that you can keep an eye on. I know he shaved it. Uh, that's nice and red is Brandon Woodruff. Shout out my guy. I was at game one when he took fucking Kershaw deep. Or, like, I was basically sitting in the third deck on top of the right field foul pole. So I saw that thing go up in the air and I was like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Because like, I was like, the ball didn't get above me 
I was looking down. I was so high. I may as well have been in the rafters. I may as well have been a camera guy. I was looking down at the ball, and I was like, there's no way. I mean, he that's a sick ride you just gave it. And then all of a sudden, dude reaches out from the little right center of the Toyota Territory or whatever they got uh, in right center. I think it's the Toyota Territory still. I'm kind of old sometimes. Uh, like I said, 25 now, I think, with her. But uh, So he, like, reaches out, catches the ball, and I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't get my phone out fast enough to, like, get the fireworks and, and Woodruff uh, rounding the bases. So. Complete madness. I have Before before I got to go, I have a trivia question for both of you guys. Now that you mentioned 2018. Oh, fuck, yeah. Um, the... the ALCS and NLCS MVPs of 2018 both had the same batting average in those respective series. What was the average? I know that for the Sox, it was Jackie Bradley Jr. Yes, and then it was Bellinger for the Dodgers. Wasn't it like 585? For sure not. <laughs> yeah, you know Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, okay, fair statement. Okay, fair. I'm gonna go. I, with, I was just. I, I, I just want to say that I was stunned because when I found out what it was, I was like, "Oh wow." Yeah, like I thought it was super crazy high. Maybe that J- was our well, super crazy high for JBJ because I you expect Jackie to hit like 245. Um, hey, I know that he tore up guy. that. I'm going to say like 324. It was 200. 200. They, they both hit two. And that's why it was eye opening really? because Jackie, if I'm not mistaken, was three for 15. He had the grand slam. He had a huge double in game two that kept the Sox alive or else they go to Houston down 2 0. Um, and then I think he had another, another enormous double. So he had three hits and he got the ALCS MVP. And then Bellinger, I think, had a couple of huge dongs and that was it. Yeah, he had wow. the uh, – I think he had one in Game 7, which was one of the worst nights of my life. Ironically, I told this story last week, Steve. I'm going to keep you on for just – so it's not that long of a story. Uh, yeah. Game 7 was my first date with my lovely Ooh. lady over there who gave me this beautiful, lovely – this lovely Ooh. lady here who's way past whole bedtime. Um, <laughs> it was our first date, and I told her, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. This is game seven. This is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. I don't I don't hate – yeah, it was huge. This is what she said. Okay, yeah, I couldn't hold point. that. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I wish. Yeah, I see that look. But uh, I was like, you know, anything can happen here. This either, <laughs> Yeah, yes, you are here now because of it. Okay. <laughs> that's just if you can – she came. She came months later. This is what happens on this show. But I cut out a few times, and then our my kid shows up, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it shows up with the the chewy impression. That was that was good. That was impression. She got it from me because I did it to her all the time, and then now Holy she doesn't. That was wow. that was yeah. good stuff. Yep. In summary, oh, if you want you. beards that are as legendary as the five each of us had on our list, you got to go to gibbsgrooming.com. Use promo code HALL15 and get 15% off your order. Steve, thank you so much for giving us an hour and a half of your time. Yeah, holy, it looks like we holy crap. We're not, we were planning for 30 minutes. Um, I'm sure you <laughs> kind of know how that goes, uh, being a professional interviewer. Um, sorry oh, about that, but thank you so much for coming on and staying on with us. Uh, best That's of luck. Job title, with- professional interviewer. Yeah, professional interview, Steve Ferrell. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I appreciate it, guys. Let's actually 
do it again when there's real games. When we got yeah, real games going on, let's run it back and have a dandy of a time. Yeah, and certainly can't wait to first... use my connection with you now. Yeah, when I finally get yeah, just figure, just figure the connection out. Just figure the connection out. Yeah, just, just, just figure it out, and then we'll be back just like robots, just you know, finding our way through it. But, when I finally all right, guys, I appreciate Fenway, it. We'll meet yeah. up at oh, D. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm telling you, 2021, we just need normalcy. Just give me, give me a vaccine. Give me something where we can actually do what we did last year at Fenway um in 2021 so we'll see let's do it yep and then same same deal as the ledges lingo guys like you can't forget our names now oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> wait did you zingo, ask that question zingo and bingo i did well you couldn't uh find a connection he's just gonna know you as like yeah the, the guy with the kid who has no internet and then i'm the guy who <laughs> the couldn't stop asking kid. questions <laughs> the connection kid that might be your new nickname the connection kid's actually pretty pretty good <laughs> That's kind of dope. I was kind of liking that too. I wasn't going to say it, but whatever. Now we've got you giving yourself your own nickname. Got some Karadis vibes going. Just like Jared. Yeah, it's an impressive move there. But um, (laughs) all right. Yeah, let's let's run it back when there's actually games. And I have my fingers crossed that there's actually going to be games. So we'll see. Yeah, hopefully. For now, baseball's just back, back. Yeah, we need to be back, 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 back. Yep. Back, back, back. But we'll see. Yep. We'll see. Thank you. Yep. And that was Steve Peralt, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, GibbsGrooming.com, promo code HALL15. We will see you guys next week. This is... We don't want to cuff you. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh.